Welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And this week we review the 2021 Chris Pratt movie, The Tomorrow War. We discuss how we would fight aliens and not let (laughs) these animal-like aliens take over the world, mostly with flamethrowers. We talk about time travel and the many paradoxes in this movie. We talk about Chris Pratt. Is he likable enough to carry a movie where the plot doesn't make sense? It sounds like we're saying random words, but this actually all happens in the movie. And by the way, we're doing a bunch of spoilers right away. There you go. (laughs) Spoiler horn. There you go. All this and more on Movies on the Side. Nate, I saw advertisements for this movie. And I said, wait a minute, this looks like Chris Pratt. It is Chris Pratt. And he is on some like futuristic hellscape about to do some fighting. And I said, I want to see this movie. And so I watched the trailer for The Tomorrow War 2021. And I did not realize it was going to be like all about aliens. <laughs> this is an alien sci-fi movie and about the end of the world, which I'm all about. It's kind of a disaster movie. But I didn't watch it. After seeing the trailer, I was like, mm, maybe, maybe I won't see it. Mm. But then something tipped me over the edge, which was you texting me. Texting you. Do you want to do the Tomorrow War? I said, yes, absolutely. Let's do it. Do you want to watch Tomorrow War? I want to see Chris Pratt. And it has all the aliens and a destroyed Miami. And J.K. Simmons has big arms. This movie is three movies smashed into one. I don't believe the aliens are that smart. Anyway, I'm going to get to that point in a second. I really, I really wanted that song to, to like go off, but it was kind of petering out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to do a duet over, over the microphones. It is. Our, our rhythm's all off. Yeah, I should have gone with the harmonies. Yeah, I'll line it up in post. Anyway, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes are for this movie, Nate? Uh... I think that critics did not enjoy this movie mm. because it is a Frankenstein movie. Um, I'm going to say 42%. That's pretty good. Critics gave it 55. 55. Now, I, now here's audience. what I know about audience members. Yes, here's what I know. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think audiences loved the poo out of this movie because <laughs> it has chris pratt oh yeah which in general endears both men and women alike america's sweetheart america's sweetheart <laughs> and it has a ton of it had a ton of marketing on amazon prime yes and i think people are a little bit more generous when they don't feel like they are paying for it right without going to the theaters i mean you're paying for amazon prime but you don't feel the that. feeling is yeah. this is a free movie yes a, this is a free blockbustery movie that's right so i'm gonna say all that to say i think audiences are like 84 percent mm, they just 81 percent very close. Oh, yes. well, well, well done. Well done. You know, actually, as I was reading the trivia, this was going to be a theatrical release. Right. And Paramount sold the rights to Amazon for $200 million. I feel like that was probably the best thing to happen in this movie. Yes. Because if it actually hit theaters, I think it would have been... Can you imagine? <laughs> even worse received. But being a streaming movie, Chris Pratt actually got on his Instagram and was like, you guys made it the number one streaming movie for two weeks. And it like broke records as a streaming movie. And I said, you know what? 
that was the right move. Yep. Go to a streaming service. I do want to read two quotes from critics that I got this off Rotten Tomatoes. I'm ready. Barry Hertz. He said, if I had a time machine, I'd punt myself to the past just before the Tomorrow War went into production and save everyone the trouble. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, there were a couple like positive comments, but most of them were negative. And this last one from Anji Han, she said, and this, this is interesting. I do want to talk about this. The Tomorrow War's view of human nature feels so jarringly out of touch, it's easily to get stuck in disbelief and hard to take anything else that happens all that seriously. Oh, man. I thought that was a very introspective comment. Stephen, I need you to Sherpa us through this episode because Mm. I have a lot of thoughts, but they are as scattered as this plot, and I need you to just take me through (laughs) subject by subject. Let's talk about the Tomorrow War. So first of all, last time, I believe it was during Liam Neeson's The Marksman, I tried to summarize the movie in three long run-on sentences. Mm -hmm. In this episode, I think I am going to... Try to do it in two sentences, okay? Yes. Okay? All right, I'm ready. In the year 2048, aliens emerge and are destroying the world, and the people of that time somehow create a time machine where they can go back to 2020-something or 2030, and they recruit soldiers from the present time to fight these aliens in the future. So that is the overall premise. Second sentence. Chris Pratt is then drafted, who has a wife and child, goes into the future, finds that his daughter, who was a child when he left, is now an adult and is leading the charge against these aliens, and they work together. Spoilers on this movie. Oh, Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry. (laughs) We're back. (laughs) I mean, yes, I'm sorry. Spoilers. We won't do a spoiler horn. We're just going to talk about it, I think. And he works with his daughter to try and develop some toxic agent to kill the aliens and save the world. Those are the two sentences, roughly. I think those two sentences gets you two-thirds of the way through the movie. I'll give you the last sentence for the last third. Okay, please. Chris Pratt comes back to our present day with a toxin that his daughter and him helped develop in the future and goes to a cold, icy Russia to find where the alien spaceship is buried in the ice so that he can put the toxin (laughs) into the queen instead of mass-producing the toxin because he doesn't trust the world government, but he only trusts J.K. Simmons' (laughs) giant biceps. (laughs) Hearing you formulate that sentence was about the same experience as watching this movie try to do the exposition about the, the final step. Okay, step one, Chris Pratt. Here's the thing. I'll watch Chris Pratt and everything. I really like Chris Pratt. Mm -hmm. And even in this convoluted, troubled movie, I enjoy seeing Chris Pratt be an action hero and key, key point here, family man. Family man. Now I'm not commenting on his family like acting and all that kind of stuff. I'm just saying him being the family man and winter soldier. And I'm using that because they end Mm -hmm. up fighting in the, in the snow later in the movie. I enjoy seeing him in that. And I think he does well. He looks committed as he's playing the role. Nate, tell me about Chris Pratt. I think Chris Pratt is great at the beginning of this movie. I went into this movie going, this is going to be bad. 
but I'm going to enjoy it yes. for as long as the good parts last. And I think for the first 15, 20 minutes of the movie, when Chris Pratt is with his wife and child and at the party and he's trying to get a job and he's on corded earphones in the year 2022, which... That seemed very strange. What a yeah, choice. But I mean, I guess it shows he's not on the cutting edge of technology. He's a teacher. Yeah, he's a science teacher. Like Chris Pratt as the disgruntled science teacher who dreams of doing more with his life. Yes. And loves his family. Yes. Really, really good. Talking about photosynthesis and the magic of chlorophyll. It's, uh, it's really interesting stuff, guys. It's kind of, they say magic, you know, it's not like pulling rabbit out of a hat, but it's magic. Now, Chris Pratt goes to the future and is, becomes, you know, like enters commander mode. Right. From his army days. Yes. That is also a Chris Pratt I enjoy. The connection between the two is tenuous <laughs> they don't seem like it's the same person i'm with you there but of all the troubled things in this movie that didn't bother me <laughs> I yeah like, i think in general chris pratt did good things in this movie i enjoyed seeing him i wish he was surrounded with a better movie but i thought his character overall good yeah i agree likable now this movie straddles the fence between sci-fi war movie and then tries to shoehorn deep familial issues <laughs> into the plot. And this is where I feel it, it kind of starts tripping over its own feet because there's the aspect of Chris Pratt leaving his wife and daughter in the past and they all think he's going to die. So you have that. He has a father figure who we come to know abandoned him as a kid yep. and wants to be a part of his grandchild's life, but they have a lot of unresolved issues. So Chris Pratt and JK Simmons, who I did enjoy in this movie are at each other for most of it. Mm -hmm. And then in the strangest turn of events, when Chris Pratt goes into the future and Nate, I don't even know if we have time to get into the time travel paradoxes. Oh, we have to, we have to talk we about to time travel. Okay. Well, let's just talk about it now. This movie has time travel. People go forward, what is it, 30 years, or 30, 40 years, something like that. Doesn't matter. They go forward in time, 30, 40 years, because that's when they're fighting the aliens. The aliens haven't arrived, quote unquote, yet in 2022. Mm -hmm. So the p people somehow have invented time machine, or just one time machine, that can send people to the future for seven days and then they get zapped back to the present. And there's a, this armband that there's a very troubling scene of them like attaching this armband to Chris Pratt yep. uh, without his permission or knowledge. <laughs> they just like yep. put his arm in a machine and it just slaps it on there. But this time travel, some guy in the movie explains it as, you see, the present time is a raft in a river. And the future time is another raft in the river, and they're both moving down the river at the same pace, yep. but you can't change where the raft is in the river. You can't go 10 years into the future. You can only go to this one point. Right. And because everyone's dying in the future because of the aliens, we need to send more people to help fight them. And so that's the time travel. It's like a river. The jump lane placed two rafts on that river 30 years apart. Now we can jump back and forth between them, but both rafts will always keep moving forward. It is a world, this movie builds, where no one has ever seen or thought of time travel before. <laughs> because no one has or says the thoughts that everyone should think in time travel, yeah. such as, well, why don't we bring people back and 
start fighting the war before it begins? Why are we bringing people into the future and just killing people from the past? Is that going to be a paradox? Okay. Now here, now wait a minute. Now here's where I remember these lines. They talked about when Chris Pratt is being drafted, because that's what they institute as uh-huh. a worldwide draft to fight the aliens. Yep. And when Chris Pratt is like dragged into this military facility and they're slapping this thing on his arm, mm-hmm. they tell him, you die in seven years. Right. That he in real life is going to die before he's, you know, before the time that they're going into in the future. Right. And it comes to their understanding that all the people they are drafting are people that they know will die before the future point. Which can't be hard because there are only 500,000 humans left on the world whenever they're going to. So the odds that you're already right. going to be dead is actually pretty good. But what's interesting is that these future people who are recruiting these other people to fight, they know the last 30 years of history, which is the future to Chris Pratt. So they right. know when he dies. Yep. And it comes to find out to avoid some kind of time paradox, they are only jumping people forward who will die before the point that they are jumping to. Hopefully that makes sense. Yep. yep. And and also that the people going back in time have to have been born after 2022. Otherwise, I don't know, some black hole will open. They would bump into their baby so, self or whatever. So many rules. That's the, only, that's the only consideration they have for time travel. The rest of it is so... Okay. The movie, if you think about it, from the first layer deep, right? Yeah. You just think, all right, we're drafting everyone. Right. We're not really giving them military training. We're just giving them a gun right. and sending them to the future and you get seven days. Right. And if you survive after seven days, it whisks you back. That is a cool premise on the surface. Right. You dig one level down in the in the beach <laughs> on the sand of this plot. You yeah. swipe your hand in the sand and beneath it is yeah. sludge because <laughs> you're telling me in the year 2050 some you are fighting aliens. Horrendous, albeit somewhat boringly designed <laughs> aliens. And your your plan yeah. in the year 2050 is to put a machine gun that does not seem any more powerful oh, than what we have uh, in in the year 1990 and you're going to send some middle-aged guy with a machine gun to the future <laughs> to be like this will help us fight millions of aliens like like this will do anything it is preposterous it is the yes. worst plan and the people in 2049 or 2050 like that level of stupid like here's what i said <laughs> there is no way no way this is i truly believe i need to tell you this i truly believe this steven yes i don't believe that the aliens that we saw in this movie are sophisticated enough or powerful enough that we as humanity working together should not be able to defeat them okay now you've triggered me because the, I wanted to talk about the aliens specifically. Before we start that, I need to say, yeah. the plan is to make a toxin to fight the queen. Right. <laughs> and then yeah. the plan is to take it back to the past to mass right. produce it. Right. And their plan was mass produce it and then send it all back to the future. And in my head, this whole movie, even with his grown-up daughter, my thought is, well, your future is donezo. <laughs> and what I know about time travel is like, I'm sorry, your raft is already on fire. I'm not bringing them back to 2050. As soon as aliens come to the world in the year whatever, 2030 something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just going to use this right away. 
all I don't know what happens to time in the future. Well, I hope you never exist. <laughs> this is this is one of those things where is it branches of time? Is this like a, a TVA situation, the time variant? Is it, is it a, a sacred timeline? What is, is it a sacred timeline? I think the movie is implying that the raft that there's only, you know, that is about to die because the aliens are about to kill everybody. Like that raft was still floating. And in that version of time, like that's what happens. The aliens take over. But when they bring this toxin back to the past or the present, that they'll use the toxin and they will survive. And so I guess they are implying that this is a multiple timeline situation. No, but their plan is to bring the toxin back to the future so that this branch, if it is a branch of time, that they're just fighting for this particular branch, which if that's the case, then if you're sitting here in the year 2021, what you're going is, well, the world's going to get 99% destroyed. But good news, we'll have <laughs> a thousand people survive in the future because yeah. we mass produced it in the year 2022. Well, if that's the intention. When it's like, you know what? If you're going to mass produce a weapon to kill aliens, how about you use it before the aliens wipe out the earth and give Miami a fiery video game feel? Well, and that's what Chris Pratt's daughter as an adult in the future, finally understands is like, you need to do this in your time because we're dead. Like we are done. And just, just, she realizes this very, very late. <laughs> she realizes it very late. He also realizes it late. Cause he wants to save her. And I was like, yeah. listen, your daughters, yeah, you're all done. So yeah, you're done. So I will have to say the final scene of like the fortress that humans have built in the middle of the ocean. Very cool uh -huh. set piece. I, I thought that yeah, was visually cool. pretty yes, cool. Yes, exactly. Very cool. Okay, now let's go to aliens. Aliens. Okay, so these aliens are called the White Spikes. Does that sound right? They're yeah. the White Spikes. Yeah. Fun name. Fun name. And, you know, the first image we get of them is like them killing some humans and then eating them like from the a distance. The very first shot of them is, I believe, an animatronic Jim Henson puppet. And it moves in sort of a, and I'll go, oh no, is this this whole movie? And then they realize, let's CGI these guys instead. Okay, so character design. As I saw these aliens on screen, they're supposed to look very vicious. They have lots of teeth. They have tentacles that shoot spikes. That's why they're called white spikes. Uh -huh. I had questions during the movie of, do they have unlimited amount of spikes? Is it a set amount of spikes that they can fire out of their tentacles? Do they Well, they 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 grow up, they have baby spikes at the beginning. Those fall out and then they get oh. their adult spikes later. Oh, okay. but is it but if you lose all your adult spikes, does that if mean you, you have to get like adult spikes, denture spikes? Yeah, you have exactly. to get like yeah. denture spikes. So I had <laughs> I had questions about that. A gold spike? <laughs> they have grills. They have grills. I as I saw these aliens more and more cuz they they show them a lot. I mean, you see these aliens full on a lot mm -hmm. in the broad daylight, all that kind of stuff. Yep. I was unimpressed by the character design. I felt like these were, I don't know, just like, like, like normal dog-like things with tentacles and lots of teeth. I, I did not care for the design. Do you prefer this design or the Quiet Place aliens? Because they're kind of in the same vein. I feel like I prefer the Quiet Place aliens because yeah, I do too. The other thing that I gathered as I was watching the White Spikes is like these guys are idiots. Like I don't think these guys are intelligent. Like they seem like animals. They seem yeah to be just savage eating machines, right? And that's all they're doing. Which throughout the whole movie until the end, I'm like, how did these jokers <laughs> build a spaceship and come to Earth later? Nate, this turn got me got me going. Later, we find that these things, the white spikes, are actually 
the like planet killing machines for the real aliens right. who all we see are we never meet. two dehydrated husks of the aliens that flew the spaceship right that crash landed into an iceberg in Russia right and they just saying that sentence maybe that the mad. kid who knows about volcanoes is the only one in the earth that apparently <laughs> they, knows enough to save the world as we were trying to recall these parts of the movie, it sounds so crazy. If someone has not seen this movie, it just sounds like we're saying words. Like we're just saying random words like volcano, iceberg, Russia, spikes, Russia. A- spaceship. Okay, I don't understand. So anyway. back to, okay, back to these oh, aliens. Oh, my goodness. I'm getting worked back up. Back to these aliens. Yes. The, yeah. I, this is the Godzilla problem as well. Mm. I showed my kids the 1998 Godzilla, by the way. I just want you to know that. Oh, that well, you're a bad father then. <laughs> So, <laughs> apparently, uh, machine guns can kill them, but it's really like, oh. shoot them in the belly button or the neck. <laughs> and even so, like, they move so fast. Like, good luck. Very fast. Very I fast. cannot, I cannot stand the, well, let's just shoot a ton at them. Right. I said, the year is 2022 when we're sending people in the past to go fight these aliens. Yeah. Everyone. And I mean everyone, because the world's not so bad in 2022. If anything, there are, should be plenty of weapons around. Yeah. You need to send every single human with a rocket launcher to the future. <laughs> like, sending... I yeah. mean... The machine guns are sick. I, I turned to Jill and I said, like, don't we have... St- like, can't we develop in 30 years to fight them? Right. Because they have this long right. to go ahead. Develop technology that just microwaves them. Like send out a wave emitter oh, yes. that just absolutely yes. eviscerates them. Send some sort of like pulse out. Like I, the, the earth is good. <laughs> the earth and humanity are good at several things. One of them is building weapons. <laughs> like Nate. We're terrible in a lot of ways, but building mass killing weapons of enemies is actually like a top skill of humanity. Nate, in the year of our Lord, 2021, as we record, there is some dude out there with half of an Iron Man suit. You've seen this guy, right? He's got like the rockets yep, yep. on his arms and stuff. Yep. Are you telling me that in the next 30 years, that guy and people like him don't make a legit Iron Man suit? Because I feel like that's a missed opportunity. That someone dropped the ball and it was not a hard ball to carry. You know what I'm saying? Like if we're there now, right. like you're saying, 30 years from now, we should have laser guns. We should have. But how, yeah. And how come nobody said in this movie, nobody said like, hey, the aliens come here in 2038 or whatever. Yeah. We know exactly when they start appearing. Right. Let's just have like absolute ice beams. Like ready. we have 15 years <laughs> to develop. <laughs> right. Like I feel like the people in this earth are being like, yep, send people to the future to fight. And no one's like, actually, we're going to take all of that effort. And instead of sending people to the to fight we're going to like basically cordoned off like russia and we're just going to we're going to move people out of russia because that's where right. they first appeared it's gonna and bomb we're them. going to absolutely asteroid russia as soon as <laughs> aliens appear that's our new plan yeah and anyone any listeners in russia listen we're sorry but these aliens are going to kill everyone on earth i mean it's got to happen well and the fact that you have 15 years to prepare you can oh, do yeah. you can move a lot of people out of wherever they're going to first appear nate it seems like whenever fire touches these things they die quickly yep and i said we i mean elon musk he made a flamethrower he's got his boring flamethrower everyone what? should have a flamethrower nate they should everyone. have had flamethrowers not guns 
What in the world? Send us into the future. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand. I mean, and even the idea of sending people in the future to fight, it's they care so much about this future, and no one says, hey, wait a minute. I saw Back to the Future or whatever. Right. What if we just prevent them from taking over the world? Right. Can we just prevent this timeline from happening? Let the world heal itself. Everyone will just whisk back to their homes <laughs> drinking People coffee. should be able to be, be living on Mars by then. Exa- thank you. Where is that? That is, here's, the, here's the problem. That movie didn't have Elon Musk. If Elon Musk was there, he would have equipped everybody with the flamethrowers. Everybody wouldn't drive it about in Tesla tanks. I'm just saying the people in 2050 or whatever had no better technology than what we have now. I know. It's a shame. Okay. I do want to say, though, staying a little bit on the aliens, in some of the fight scenes, it's a, there is some cool action. Yeah. I will give the movie a little bit of props. Yeah. The one, when they were trying to capture a female alien... That was a pretty interesting scene, trying to drag her into the cage. Again. A little weird. Again, the whole, you know, let's capture her by just pulling on little tiny metal ropes. To, like, <laughs> that's your plan? Net. Use a Why net. Not Use drop, a net. Drop a giant, okay, build a giant cage. <laughs> yeah. Like 25 foot by 25 foot. Right. When she pops out, just absolutely drop that thing on her. Right, right. Well, and also they use fire to make her go from like one cave to another. Uh-huh. Use more fire. Yeah. Use fire. Everyone should have flamethrowers around her. Everyone, flint, Nate, this movie would have been so much better with flamethrowers. Oh my goodness. Okay. The final fight scene. I just want to touch on this now because we're talking about the aliens. Chris Pratt and his estranged dad, J.K. Simmons, who is absolutely uh-huh. jacked in this movie with a David Letterman. Need beard. more J.K. Simmons in this I movie. I love J.K. Simmons in this movie. He was probably my favorite character, to be honest, TBH, as they say. The fight scene between J.K. Simmons, Chris Pratt, and the final female alien. I was kind of about that fight scene. I felt like that was actually pretty interesting. Yeah, that was, it was not bad. It felt like it belonged in another movie. I think the last 25 minutes of this belonged in another movie. But yeah, I'm I'm down for it. I'm down for two guys uh, taking turns shooting at an alien, one alien fighting. Right. Yeah, that makes more sense than trying to fight off 500 aliens with a machine gun. I will say there was that one moment where J.K. Simmons thought he was going to sacrifice himself to save Chris Pratt. Uh-huh. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, again, the scale of these aliens launches is a jet ski into <laughs> well, no, 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 no that's when Chris Pratt when the alien is running at J.K. Simmons. Chris Pratt like jumps onto it like he's mounting a horse, and then like takes the claw somehow that he knocks has. the alien somehow knocks, the, <laughs> knocks like, the alien off balance, and he cuts the the alien's throat. I think in that moment, yep, or something. Anyway. Yeah. <sighs> I don't even know where to go more with the aliens. This is so bonkers. This movie is out of control. Like, even like, we haven't talked, there are so many things we haven't talked about. Like them, a very, very, very long scene of making a toxin that for killing one, like, it all seemed like, is there just one female of this whole group right if if they knew this why haven't they been like searching to hunt down her this whole time the whole like they needed more flamethrowers they needed more flamethrowers <sighs> that's all i'm gonna say i, I just want to say i liked the dynamic between the adult daughter and chris pratt i thought they had interesting interactions yeah interesting interaction but how come she didn't react when she first saw her dad who she saw die earlier how come there was no reaction of like and he goes oh, is, this is dan forrester Shouldn't she have a moment of, oh, hey, Dan Forrester? Uh, well, because she was she was mad. Dad for, I mean, Dan. She was mad because he left her in the future that we'll never see. 
You know what I mean? Do you believe that there is a future where Chris Pratt leaves his family? Because it seems like he doesn't believe it. And I'm supposed to believe, like, eventually well, he does. Well, that, that's the future where no one came back and recruited the world to fight the aliens. So I guess in that timeline oh you know okay. what i'm saying that timeline you know what I'm saying? okay he's disgruntled yeah. right teacher. right right i just need to get your opinion on one more thing side character charlie played by sam richardson uh-huh. who was the nervous talker scientist oh i didn't know if he was the nervous talker or like the claw holding the claw holding guy. guy his name is dorian okay yeah dorian, dorian gray yeah, he's got a picture in his attic. Uh-huh. No, but Sam Richardson, who plays Charlie, what did you think of his character? He's supposed to be the comic relief in this movie. I thought he was quite good mm-hmm. for parts of it. And then other parts, I'm like, ah, yeah, I, yeah don't, I, agree. I don't need you in here. Yeah, I agree. He plays the Steve Zahn role, I feel like, mm-hmm. like in Safari, right, next right, 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 to right, Matthew right. McConaughey, to make Matthew McConaughey look cooler. I got you. He makes Chris Pratt look even more action-y. Right. Nate, this movie is so crazy. I feel like, let's just rate it. We just got to review okay, this wait, thing. Okay, one, one last thing. I just have to say okay. this. Yes. This movie, I think, is very cool for the first 35 minutes. I think recruiting people, again, this is surface level sand. Do not dig down further. Yeah. Do not. But for the first 35 minutes, recruiting people to fight in a future war that aren't trained, they just like, all right, you're going to jump into the future to fight. They jump in. It's a bad jump point, and they're just like right. falling oh, through the sky. Goodness. That's a troubling like, scene. Like that all, I'm down for it. It then moves to the middle section of the movie, which is just a video game. Right. Like shot like a video game and sometimes yeah. like a first person shooter in a Bernie Miami yeah. of them fighting aliens, which is neither too suspenseful nor like very, very cool. There's some weird editing in the action scene where they like they go in a door outside, then all of a sudden it cuts to them climbing a fence. Yeah. And it cuts to them going over metal slats. It's That's like, weird. well, I have no sense of place. This is all right. just a CG gobbledygook. And then, just when you think, okay, this is it. There's a big final action set piece on this water fort, blah, blah, blah. Then it jumps to the third act of the movie which is just like he's back in the present there's a like a moment like dealing with ptsd which i thought well this this took a turn this is no longer an action movie this is like a deep thing about relationship and and coming back from war and then it just jumps to like i see russia and it's all of a sudden an aliens movie as they go through a ship and it is such a jarring three acts that my first thought was maybe this was meant to be like an anthology series or mm. like, not an anthology a uh, trilogy maybe this was meant to be a an eight episode tv yes. series yes. and then they they cobbled it into a two hour 15 minute movie it's but movie, yeah. man it does not it does not make sense no. as a one movie oh and i did i'm sorry yes i agree with you i did want to make one other point in the past or in the present in 2022 when it's discovered that the future has failed and they can't jump anymore uh-huh. the entire earth plunges into chaos and humans begin rioting and looting and everyone just goes crazy yep and like you see on the news like all the news things and to the point of that movie critic before like the view of human nature in that moment yep. i feel is out of touch i feel like if the entire world was told you're all going to die in 30 years because aliens are going to eat us all. Mm-hmm. 
I don't think the reaction would be rioting in the street. Like, what are they rioting about? Who are they rioting to? Right. Like, I un- I understood the rioting and the protesting when people were being drafted to fight in a future war. Exa- yes, exactly. But like, yeah, it should be like, all right, time to like organize because we need to prep for the coming war because we need to do things differently than the, our future selves did. The the big reveal in this, not a big reveal, it's supposed to be like a big aha moment, which I can't believe this. I can't believe this is part of the movie. Uh, Chris Pratt comes back to the past and talks to his wife and they talk in like the nursery about how like the aliens were here and like, but we never saw them come. And his wife goes, what if they were already here? Mm. And then he he's like, oh, you're right. What if they were already here a couple of years before? We need we're looking at we're digging in the wrong place. We're looking in the wrong place. Right. And it is <laughs> I cannot believe that the world, the the brightest minds in the world, no one had the thought of, you know, we didn't see them come down, but they just appeared in that time. Right. Maybe they were already here. Yeah. The fact that all of a sudden they're like, oh, we'll figure it out. Maybe they were here a couple years before. Let's go talk to your science student who knows volcanoes <laughs> to somehow pinpoint exactly where we need to go. We just sound like crazy people. Okay, we're going to rate this movie because the name of the aliens are the White Spikes and the guy carries the souvenir of a claw. Not even, not even a spike. No. You should carry a spike. We're going to rate this on a scale of zero to five white claws. You see what I did there? No laws when you're drinking and fighting white claws. <laughs> I think you went first last time. Yep. Because we did Mission I Impossible did. 3. So I'm going to give this movie... I'm going to give it two and a half. Uh-huh. Chris Pratt gets a whole point. J.K. Simmons gets a whole point. And a half a point for some fine action sequences and set pieces that were kind of fun to watch. But I have no desire to see this movie again. Zero. I will not see it again. Yep. What do you rate this movie? I'm going to give this movie two white claws, a one raspberry and one mango <laughs> alien claw. Uh-huh. The it is it has some entertaining parts of it. If you were just to like give me 15 minute snippets of it, like right, give me right. J.K. Simmons and them fighting the alien at the end. Yes. Give me them being drafted into like the future war and like them preparing to jump. Yeah. Moments of this are actually pretty entertaining that i'm i'm down for yeah yeah but man i think the whole thing really falls apart i think the relationship with a daughter is supposed to be heartwarming i felt like basically nothing about like she gives the (laughs) she's about to die in the future and she gives the like i'm sorry dad and i was like i have not seen him leave your family so i cannot relate to any of this right this has no emotional weight whatsoever (sighs) yeah in general no emotional weight in this movie (laughs) none and this is about a, a world where 99% of people get absolutely crushed. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, let us know what you thought. Comment on our Instagram, at Movies on the Side. We'd love to hear from you there. If you haven't yet, please give us a five-star rating and review in Apple Podcasts. And you can support the show and get a bonus episode every week. You can support the show on Patreon.com slash Movies on the Side. Or right in Apple Podcasts, you can do a little free trial, listen to some of our bonus episodes, and subscribe there. $5 a month, both places. We'd love to have you support the show. And as we always say, I'll never leave this family because my best future, it turns out, was always right in front of me. Mm. What does that mean, Stephen? <laughs> I don't know.